Hi, everyone. Welcome to Feel the Change, where we focus on helping you become who you were born to be. My name is Carlos, and I'm very excited today because I get the opportunity to talk to you about my favorite subject, the kingdom of God. Today's episode is titled, What the Kingdom of God is Like. I want to start by asking you this question. Have you been struggling in life experiencing disappointment and anxiety over issues like finances and sickness in your body and marriage problems while being frustrated because the things that you've learned from the Bible hasn't really been working for you? Well, I'm really glad that you joined me today because I believe that this talk is going to answer big questions and help you transition into living the best life you've always wanted to live. So the kingdom of God has all the answers you're looking for. Jesus told a parable about a man who found a treasure in a field, that when he found it, he quickly buried it and went back home and sold everything of value that he had in order to purchase that field. Obviously, that treasure had more value than anything that he could ever possess in this world, which is probably why Jesus told this parable to illustrate a truth about the kingdom. It has everything you need, which is why it's so valuable. So if this is the truth, then why do Christians struggle so much in life? I want to tell you this story about my experience in Japan, and hopefully it will help to illustrate this problem. In fact, this story is about two kinds of people. The kind that knows how to get the best out of life while in that country, and the kind that doesn't. When I was in the Air Force in 1995, I received an assignment to go to Japan, which was an awesome opportunity for me because it was my first time traveling to the Far East. I was stationed at a small base called Misawa Air Base, which is in the Aomori Prefecture, which was in the northern region of the island between Tawada City and Hachinohe City. So for perspective, Tokyo was an eight-hour drive south. Now, Misawa is set in a rural area, and it's rich in natural beauty. They have the most beautiful cherry blossoms you'll ever see, which, by the way, you can also see in the south lawn of the White House. It is rich in cultural festivals and, of course, the wonderful people. So with all the wonderful things that Japan had going for it, what was my biggest issue? Out of all the different countries I traveled to, Japan was the first place I've experienced culture shock. And that is when another country's way of life is so different from your own that you have a hard time adapting to it. And in many cases, you don't at all. The first thing that I noticed was that the people all looked the same. There was no diversity. Not seeing people of another color was a little weird. I can't say that I ever got used to that. Then there was driving on the left side of the road. The bad part was driving with the steering wheel on the right side of the car. And all of the cars were standard transmission, so if you were right-handed, you had to learn how to shift with your left hand, which was crazy. And lastly, there was the Japanese food, which suffices to say that the Japanese people love fish, and I don't. All of my friends in Misawa love sushi, and um, there are many times that I was asked to join them, and I did, but it really wasn't enjoyable for me because I just don't like raw fish. It sounds like I was a really big complainer, doesn't it? I was really having a hard time with living in Japan, 
And that was the big difference between me and my friend James. James was my co-worker. Right from the beginning, his attitude was different. He loved Japan. He spent a lot of time going to many places, hanging out with Japanese friends. He just loved the food and the culture, and eventually he learned how to speak Japanese. You can say that he became part of the Japanese way of life, which of course allowed him to enjoy the benefits of Japan. Now here's the part of the story which was my Achilles heel. Misawa Air Base is shared by both the U.S. Air Force and the Japanese Air Force, and there's a clear fence line dividing both sides. On the U.S. side, you had everything that was America. The people were American, so I didn't have to worry about the language or the culture. Shopping at the BX or the commissary was an American experience. And I wasn't without the American fast foods. They had their Burger Kings, their Popeyes, their, their pizzas. Living on base was my American bubble within the country of Japan. As long as I remained within the comforts of my American bubble, I would never transform and enjoy the benefits of Japan. And that old saying is true. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. So my American bubble that was in Misawa made it easy for me not to change. And that, my friends, is the issue that many Christians have with the Kingdom of God. The Kingdom of God is like another country. It's different in so many ways. The laws are different. The language and the culture is different. It's kind of like driving on the left side of the road here in America. They have customs that are unique to that country, as well as an economic and health system that is far different than ours. So if you approach the kingdom of God without leaving your bubble and not leaving behind your old way of thinking, you're going to experience a culture shock and not benefit from the kingdom. So if you're truly wanting to experience the promises of God in the areas of your health, in your business, in your marriage, in your relationship with your children, then the answer lies in changing how you think. Jesus says in the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word repent means changing your mind. Change how you think. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So what God is after here, guys, is a transformation that only comes by a renewing of your thinking, a renewing of your mind. So what does that transformation process look like? To me, that process of change is a lot like the Air Force basic training. All right, so in the next couple of minutes, I'm gonna give you five principles of the kingdom that is going to give you the insight and understanding that you need so that you can begin to change, change, change. In 1983, I was 18 years old and I was desperate for a change. I wanted to leave my small town in upstate New York and travel the world. And when I realized that the US Air Force was the vehicle to accomplish that, I was willing to do whatever necessary to make that possible. All right, so here's the first principle of the kingdom. Making a commitment. In 1983, I made a decision to enlist in the U.S. Air Force. And then I solidified that commitment by signing a contract. And this contract bound me to a four-year term and made me property of the U.S. Air Force. And this is how it is in the kingdom. 
Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6.20, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. I knew when I went into the Air Force that I was going to lose my selfish and individual way of thinking. And rest assured, if I did forget that in not getting a proper haircut or allowing my mustache to be longer than acceptable, that I would be reminded by others and especially my supervisors. So the concept that I want you to get, guys, is that in the same way that I was willing to do whatever it took to get into the Air Force, applies also with the kingdom. That because you realize what you're getting into, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to conform yourself to the ways of the king and the ways of the kingdom. In another place, Jesus says that he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. So before I go any further, everyone, I want to make something very clear. Jesus is not talking about salvation. Salvation is not done by our own efforts. We receive salvation because of the work that he's already done, and we receive that by faith. But Jesus is talking about your success in the kingdom is dependent upon you leaving your structured belief system of life in order to receive the kingdom structure of life. When I was in the Air Force, everyone identified themselves with either the term airmen or members of the U.S. Air Force. And of course, everyone else they were civilians. And there was a clear distinction between the two that was evident in our image, in our behavior, in our language, in our culture. And in the kingdom of God, there is a clear distinction. People should be able to identify you with this new government and this new country you're from. I hope you don't find this hard to hear, but it is the truth. In Matthew 10, 39, it says, And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is a very serious thing. In order to gain the kingdom, Jesus says, you must commit yourself to an exchange, your old life for the new life in the kingdom. All right, moving right along. This next principle is all about where you belong and gaining identity. So the second principle of the kingdom is conforming to government. Back in the day before I went into the Air Force, I had a completely different image of myself. Or you could say I had a lack of an image. I thought differently. I acted differently. I wore whatever style of clothes I wanted. I sported an afro. I had a mustache and a beard. I was pretty scruffy looking. That way of thinking and my old ways of doing things wasn't going to really work with the Air Force. Imagine if I fought that change. You think I would have been successful? And everything that happened next was to conform me to this new government. Change, change, change. You can't have transformation unless you have change. And the first thing to go was my afro. That was part of the old that had to go. And I couldn't look in the mirror for two straight days. And afterwards, they gave us all uniforms. We all looked the same. We were uniformed. And on the one side of my uniform was my name. And on the other side of the uniform was the name of the government, U.S. Air Force. That was to become my new identity. You know, Paul the Apostle said, 
Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the message here is not to be conformed to an old pattern of this world, but be conformed to the new government of the kingdom that creates in you a new image and a new identity. Principle number three is authority. My first day in basic training was a rude awakening. I was in a group of about 30 guys, and we all came by bus. We just arrived at Lackland Air Force Base, and the first person we meet is our drill instructor. So he built it out of command and directed everybody to get out the bus with all of our belongings and fall in into formation because we were getting ready to learn our first lesson in following directions. Now, we were all standing there with our suitcases next to us looking pitiful. But that was just fine because of this game we were going to play called Pick Em Up, Put Em Down. Pick it up! Put it down! Pick it up! Pick it down! Pick it up! Put it down! Ah, what wonderful memories that was. It was because of my drill instructor that I learned my first and most important lesson that I would learn in the Air Force, which was respect for authority. Our drill instructor was the embodiment of the U.S. Air Force. I mean, he was sharp and he was disciplined. And how I was going to be molded into the image of the U.S. Air Force was highly dependent upon him as an authority figure. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wouldn't have been successful in the Air Force if I did not learn that lesson. And in order to learn that lesson, I had to change and adapt to this new way of doing things and to follow it to a T. So what does this have to do with the kingdom? Well, let me tell you. First of all, Jesus is a king. And in his kingdom, his word is law. Now, I want you to get this. His word is law. It's not a suggestion. It is a command and a law that must be obeyed. And it's not subject to debate. Now, for those of you who may not want to be in the kingdom, you don't have to obey his commands. Unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians where their experience with Jesus is more a religious experience. Okay, so let's say for an example, you're believing God for a financial miracle, or perhaps you're believing God for a physical healing in your body, while at the same time you have unforgiveness in your heart. Because you're violating the law of love and forgiveness, the kingdom of God is not going to work for you, and your prayers, unfortunately, won't get answered. But for those of you who do, and you want the kingdom to work for you, you must learn and understand Jesus as king and submit to his kingdom authority. Jesus says, you are not of this world. And so, if you want to learn how to function in the kingdom, you definitely need to renew your thinking about Jesus as your king. So how's everybody doing so far? I hope I'm not scaring you with my examples of my experience with the Air Force. I have to say, I don't think I have found anything else that resembles the Kingdom of God as well as the military. Uh, one reason for that is because the military is not a democracy. We receive orders from above. We receive them from our supervisors and our officers who are appointed over us all the way up to our Commander-in-Chief. The ability to follow orders and to work together as one is what makes the military so strong. 
And this leads us to our next principle, which is obeying the laws of the kingdom. Okay, so to begin with, the laws of the kingdom, they all originate with one person, which is the king. And his laws are given to his subjects, which are the citizens of the kingdom. Now, there's something very important that you need to know. The laws of the kingdom of God concerning you and I, the citizens, they only pertain to life. And what I mean by that is that there is no laws of the kingdom that is there to judge you or condemn you. In Romans 8, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And in 2 Peter 1, 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Through these, He has given us His precious and magnificent promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature now that you have escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So you see, guys, the laws of the kingdom that also includes the promises of God, they are the keys that opens the door to a higher way of living. They're there so that you can succeed in the kingdom and live a very powerful, fruitful, and abundant life today. In Matthew 16, 19, Jesus says to the disciples, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So understand that the laws of the kingdom are not given to you to confine you, but they're given to you to empower you in the kingdom so that you can do great things here on earth. Without the keys, it's like trying to open up a door that's locked. And it becomes a huge effort in frustration, which a lot of people experience every day. All right. So to wrap up, I want to introduce to you the fifth and final principle, which I call the kingdom culture. You know, there are so many things that make up a culture in a country. How people dress and what kind of foods they eat and even how they eat it. Their language and how they express themselves. Now, where people are from, whether they live in a city or in the country, can also make a real big difference on their culture. Living in a fast-paced city like New York City introduces a higher level of stress. People from there tend to be less patient, more aggressive, and fast talkers. But in a place like Hawaii, everything slows way down. They have a saying there, hang loose. Okay, I think you get the picture. Different environments will create 
different kinds of cultures. So let me tell you where our kingdom culture comes from. You'll find it out of Galatians 5:22 and 23. And it focuses on the fruit of the Spirit. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the traits and characteristics of God. And the culture of the kingdom comes directly out of God himself. Isn't that really cool? Let me show you this in another place. All right, so in Exodus 33, Moses is asking God, show me your glory. And the Lord said in verse 19, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And in Exodus 34, he continues in verse 6, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. There you also see many of the attributes that is found in the fruits of the Spirit. My wife and I, several years ago, we went to Hawaii on our honeymoon, and the moment that we got off the plane, you were greeted with the spirit of Hawaii. There was music in the air, people were wearing Hawaiian shirts, and right away you sensed this atmosphere of relaxation. That tangible culture seemed to be embedded in everything and in everyone. Whew, that makes me want to go back. What's really funny is that it normally takes me about 24 hours to completely relax where I can begin to enjoy the vacation. I guess my brain doesn't like to transition that easily. And after that time, of course, I began to hang loose with the best of them. But as wonderful as that was, the kingdom culture is much better because the tangible presence of the kingdom comes directly from the Holy Spirit himself. So if you're not experiencing and enjoying the culture of the kingdom, you may want to immerse yourself in the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. I want you to know that I'm here to serve and to help you transform into kingdom and into the person you were born to be. Until next time, hang loose. This has been a production of Field of Change, the Center for Transformation.